Welcome to Old Town New World, live from Millstone Pizza in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I'm Chris Gervais. I'm Anil Dokai. And we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of small town USA. Yeah, okay. Thanks for tuning in this week. Jason is not here today, um, so I am hosting the show today with my good friend Anil Dokai. Say hello, Anil. Hello. <laughs> and, um, uh, which is appropriate because we're both filmmakers. And our guest today is Melanie Cooper, the marketing coordinator for the Underexposed Film Festival. And Melanie, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us about the festival. Sure. I um, actually work for the Arts Council of York County. And this is the third year that we have put on the Underexposed Film Festival YC. Terry Roosh came to us about 10 years ago. He's a local artist and filmmaker. And he said, you know, you guys really need to have a film festival. He was right. And I know. <laughs> and um, our executive director said, you're right, but this is not the time. This is not the time. And he kind of came knocking every year for 10 <laughs> years. Awesome. And on the 10th year, my, my ED was just like this is exactly the right time all of the stars are aligned let's do it and so um, at that point Karen Collins who's a filmmaker in Hollywood she was a uh, first AD on films like Glory and The Thin Red Line she happened to have just retired back home to the Rock Hill area and she was ready to jump on board so we all kind of sat down and started thinking about what we wanted it to look like and how we wanted it to feel And that first year we did not use any sort of large uh, submission forum we didn't go to without a box we didn't go to film freeway we just kind of did it organically we submitted mm -hmm. our call locally as well as um, internationally to newspapers to mm -hmm. basically anybody who would listen. And we ended up with a really um, phenomenal regional competition and Karen filled out the um, schedule with films that she just truly believed in from across the world. And then in the second year, we decided now's the time for us to jump in to Without a Box, which is kind of like an online dating site for films. <laughs> they can say, hey, I have a 45 minute film, it's a documentary, it's a little bit experimental, and I want it to go into a film festival. And Without a Box will say, that's awesome. These are all the film festivals that you qualify for. And so we ended up with quite a few submissions last year. I want to say like 75 or so uh, for the juried competition. We had jurors who sat down and screened them all and gave us their top, um, I believe, three last year. And then this year they only got to give us their top one because we had such a tight competition. Um, this year we went through without a box again. We've had about 100 entries. And uh, next year is looking just as good. We're actually looking to expand to film freeway as well. So we have films from all six continents this year. We have many returning filmmakers, uh, both people who came in as director's choice last year, as well as people who submitted for the juried competition and just loved what we were doing mm -hmm. and submitted again. And you know, we're just kind of rolling, putting Rock Hill on the map in the film world, which is fantastic because we've got so many filmmakers here in town. Mm -hmm. We have you guys, we have Aaron Longstreth who works mm -hmm. at the Gettys Art Center. We have the Long Walk Productions right here in Old Town Rock Hill on East Main Street. So honestly, I think there's no time like the present for us to kind of really show what we've got to Absolutely. the world. Absolutely, yeah. It's a great time to be embarking on a film festival for, for a place like this. Um, and I think we should clarify for people who are unfamiliar, the idea of uh, director's choice movies versus juried movies, yeah. what that basically means is uh, a lot of times if you think about going to a film festival, I would say for the average person, 
they imagine what what is typically the director's choice is probably what they're thinking about. Like, I'm going to see some foreign films. I'm going to see these small independent films, and those are, are the director's choice movies. And that what what that sort of is is the the stuff that you, without question, I mean, technically without question. There's a reason to enjoy everything there. But the director's <laughs> choice is the stuff that's the featured thing that you're sort of like really, the, the real kind of content, quote, well, I don't know, I guess I'm misspeaking. It's the but, most curated. Yeah, it's the most curated. Very curated, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's where you're gonna find, um, well, I would wanna say you would find films exec executive produced by female, oh my God. Philip Seymour Hoffman, but actually that's enjoyed competition this year, which is, is phenomenal. Oh yeah, One Armed wow. Man. It was one of his very last projects. Um, we are so excited wow. to have it. But we have movies with Sarah Paulson in them um, and movies that we were directed by uh, people who work on the, the, the show Veep. Uh, we have things like that in our director's in, choice. In the director's choice. Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. So I guess then to be clear, if you go see a band, the director's choice would be like the band that is the headliner, <laughs> yeah. and the jury would be like the opening band. And it, like, depending on what kind of person you are, mm -hmm. I, when I go see a show, I'm excited about the opening band. Mm -hmm. And when I go to a film festival, I'm very excited about the ju juried films. So what that means is like when you hear that someone won a film festival or they came in first or second or whatever, that is the juried stuff, and that right. is more often than not, you know, not going to be held up against a Clint Eastwood right. produced short, um, depending on what got submitted. And obviously, as you guys are example here, yeah. the bigger your film festival gets, uh, the less that becomes true, I guess, because it's just you just have so many submissions. The, yeah. the bar just gets higher and higher and higher, mm -hmm. uh, as evidenced by the fact that our film. Uh, production house here that we have me and Anil and Micah we won the first year when there were 14 submissions <laughs> and, and then, so the next year when there were 84 we did not win um, that explains anything but um so yeah it's and I will say that you know as someone who's just a total film nerd I've always been a film nerd um, the fact that you guys brought this to Rock Hill means so much to me um, I will be a Rock Hill resident for all of two and a half more weeks I'm moving to Florida yeah until I come back, back. Yeah. but uh, I'm moving to Florida so now that something awesome is here I'm moving to Florida but um yeah like it really and especially in mean, the first year was great mm -hmm. um but last year I mean I've been being a, a independent filmmaker we go to festivals a lot mm -hmm. um, whether we're in it or not you yeah. just end up I end up seeing like so many short films, be they the kind of juried stuff or the selected stuff that's on purpose. And last year's film festival was one of the most entertained, entertaining film festivals I've ever been to. Oh, it was just you. repeatedly I was seeing shorts, um, especially in the director's choice, but even in some of the juried stuff that I just genuinely as a viewer of film, I had nothing, and I, I, you know, I had uh, a short in there. The one that the one that we entered the first year that won was sort of I guess the last thing we, me and Micah have finished, um, and we've been lazy since then. And the one I submitted <laughs> to last year's was actually like the first short film I ever made. So uh, I, I was totally unconscious of the fact that I had a short playing because I just was like, well, I'm gonna put something in there. <laughs> um, but as a viewer, I was so thoroughly entertained. Um, I I mean, just like I said, I mean, I ended up going home every night after it and. Googling all these movies yeah. and following all these people and like yeah. so many exciting things. It was one that Elijah Wood uh, 
produced or something. Chris he was in Super two. Yeah. Um, so Elijah Wood, and the names are completely going to escape me. Um, Elijah Wood was in one where he starred as a comedian in yeah, a nightclub. Right. And he was going to ask the woman to marry him, his girlfriend, who was sitting in the audience. And I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but she says no. <laughs> <laughs> and then as a comedian, he has to deal with that on stage. And then in another one, he and Christopher Lloyd were in, it was um, actually a Japanese puppet film. It was amazing. And it was part of a series. We were hoping to bring the next one in the filmmakers' uh, cash to the festival this year, mm. but it wasn't ready for, for oh, okay. exhibition yet. So we so hope cool. to have it next year. But it's called um, The Spirit Locker is the name of yeah. the, um, I guess, the it's series. It's an anthology series. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, it was very cool. Yeah. I suggest looking that up if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Absolutely. So this year we're really excited because um, our juried films, like I mentioned, really have raised the bar on us. We have one with Sarah Paulson. Uh, we have one that was submitted by the Director's Choice last year. What did they show last year? Um, oh my gosh. It was First Night. Matthew and Juliana were the filmmakers' names. Anyway, this year they're showing Migraine and it's a juried competition film. Uh, it's all about a shoe salesman in from Seattle and he develops this terrible migraine after treating the concierge at his hotel like crap. And mm -hmm. then he has to go kind of crawling back to the concierge to find out where can I get medicine to help me get rid of this migraine. And he goes on kind of the journey of a lifetime in the film. Um, and then we have filmmakers who submitted last year who have come back again submitting this year. Chris Nostrand, who submitted the film Garbage Girl and Daily Consumption, he took home the audience favorite because he and Daniela just charmed the audience while they were here. The film was excellent, but I'd have to say their charm did not did not hurt them in any way. <laughs> this year he's bringing us a documentary about this very personal, which is something I love about the short films. They are really personal kind of just passion projects mm -hmm. for a lot of these filmmakers. And Chris is all about um, the effects of Agent Orange and how um, on the soldiers coming back from Vietnam and how not everything that the soldier soldiers develop are necessarily on the official list, mm -hmm. but it's still because of Agent Orange and his father passed away from a liver tumor. And mm -hmm. it turned out years after he passed away that it wasn't on the original list, but it was because mm -hmm. of Agent, his exposure mm -hmm. to Agent Orange that he developed this cancer. So yeah, yeah. That's something we've we've talked about a lot on. Uh, a lot of times, what we end up doing on this podcast is analyzing uh, creativity mm -hmm. and and or however, and you know, entrepreneurship or whatever the the impulse that makes you do things. Mm -hmm. And we we often talk about perspective and how that is the foundation of that. Mm -hmm. And like you talk about that situation where this guy we said it was his dad. It was his dad. His dad mm -hmm. died from the effects of that, and it's going to yeah. inform the art he makes. Right. in a very literal form with him. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing about creativity is that it is, it is very much, it gets, comes down to the fact that, that life is very interesting and compelling, mm -hmm. but life is, is infinite in terms of the things you can look at. Mm -hmm. And so the job of the artist, as I see it, and this is not universal, but as I see it, is to say, is to grab someone's hand and say, look at this and point at this. Mm -hmm. And that, I think that's why so many writers write about the place they grew up, that's so many filmmakers make make films about the place they grew up. Because mm -hmm. um, when you're little, you sort of have that wide open perspective on everything and you're sort of able to see the greatness in all things. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I wanted to take a minute to talk about this. This is my favorite subject <laughs> in the world, is that idea of uh, your perspective on, on life yeah. and, and existence and every, and technically that 
and specifically like the movie American Beauty, the whole point of that movie is that that's what it is. You know, we stop and look at something mm -hmm. and see why it's beautiful, why it's interesting, and I think that's the fundamental sort of principle of art, in my opinion, anyways, yeah. of any kind. Sure. But so not to take us off the rails, but <laughs> I guess for you to bring that up, yeah, that's one of my favorite subjects. Anil, how do you feel about that? What do you think? <laughs> I think you're beautiful. <laughs> so this next short film, you can see the underexposed film festival, is called Chris Trevay, A Portrait. <laughs> so, um, give us some information about, like, it's it's next weekend, it's, right? Well, it's this coming weekend. This coming it's weekend, the, I mean, the yeah. 13th through the 15th. All of the films are screened at the Community Performance Center. We have uh, the kickoff is Block A on Thursday the 13th from 7 to 9 p.m. And then we have an after party at McHale's where they're going to have drink specials and just expect to have a good time there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then on Thursday, or I'm sorry, on Friday the 14th, we'll have a block of films late afternoon, so from 3 to 5 p.m., and then there'll be a short break so everybody can grab a bite to eat. Uh, hopefully you'll go check out the Cheesecake Carousel. We have, um, we're so proud that so many of the local Old Town businesses have really jumped on board and embraced what we're doing. We have McHale's on Thursday night, Friday um, evening we've got the Cheesecake Carousel, and then we'll have uh, Block C from 7 till 9 on Friday evening. That will actually have a few filmmakers in attendance, so of course we'll have a question and answer session with them immediately following the screening of the films. And then afterward, we encourage everyone to go to actually the courtroom at the Gettys Art Center, Michael Gentry has mm. brought in three independent regional bands who awesome. are just gonna rock the town until midnight or 1 a.m., I'm not quite sure. Friday night or Saturday night? That's Friday night. Okay, cool. And then on Saturday, we start super early in the morning at 10 a.m. And we have a block of films from 10 to 12. And then we want everyone to go to Amelie's to eat in uh, on the balcony. And then uh, from, let's see, two, no, I'm sorry, from one to two, the Humane Society of York County are bringing their dogs to the Community Performance Center for everybody to hug and squeeze and possibly adopt. Nice. And the whole reason they're doing that is because in the afternoon block on Saturday, we're screening a film called, called Dog Down. And it's all about the, um, program that's in the prison systems where they bring dogs to the prisoners and the prisoners basically uh, have to take those unwanted dogs that have been kind of lingering in the pound wow. and they train them so they become adoptable again and it really teaches wow. the inmates the value of another being, uh, how to be responsible wow. for something outside themselves awesome. and it really just explores the effects of them and many yeah. of them say when I get out of here this is what I want to do. I have found my purpose in life, which is amazing. Perspective. Absolutely. All comes down to Absolutely. So that is the afternoon block from 2 to 4, and then we want everyone to come here to Millstone from 4 until 7 p.m. to have craft beer, to eat wood-fired pizza, and to play cornhole out here on nice. the patio. Hopefully it won't be too cold. I'm crossing my fingers. Right, yeah. I can handle, <laughs> I can handle all of those orders. Exactly. I'm up to the challenge. See, we're not, we're not asking you to do bad things. <laughs> really terrible, Pulling painful things. Um, and then at 7 p.m., it's um, our final block. It's a director's choice block. And we do that, honestly, so I can go tally the votes for the, right, <laughs> the right, audience right, right. favorite. And then we, we give the awards out at nine o'clock um, or when the last movie screens and then we're all going to head down for the VIP party at the Center for the Arts and that kind of closes the festival in grand style mm -hmm. and um, then I get to go sleep. 
Right. Awesome. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Well deserved. So, absolutely. Um, I'm curious to get your opinion. We, we end up talking about on here a lot uh, what's going on in the past few years in movie making where it's this great democracy has happened mm-hmm. where like growing up, I'm in my mid-30s, and growing up, uh, I grew up in a blue-collar family, and I want, I've wanted to make movies since I was like a child, mm-hmm. but I just didn't, we didn't even own a camcorder. And I grew up in a world where the people who made uh, the sort of media that you consumed, be it music, movies, whatever, were magical people in a land far <laughs> away, and you know, was, my family is big on those phrases growing up, like, they're coming out with, mm-hmm. like, quote unquote, they're coming out with a new Rambo movie, and you imagine these, like, robotic gods on the clouds like coming out like you know sort of like spewing out this new Rambo movie and um I and so therefore I never even considered making movies as a thing I could do as a person Mm -hmm. uh, until I got out of high school and once again I'm old enough that when I got out of high school they were still making movies on they were like carving them on cave walls um by by firelight so uh I I I tried and instantly realized I like I can't afford anything I can't afford a single reel of film I can't Mm -hmm. do this and it was a couple of years later when the digital thing started happening Mm -hmm. and um I even though like I said I've wanted to make movies since I was a kid Mm -hmm. I was I was like 27 years old I think the first time I tried to make a short film um which was a disaster (laughs) but it was on digital (laughs) camera and it was like the camera it was a it was a Canon XL1 which and, and I was like so cool because that's what they shot 28 days later on and um but anyways, wow, I took a long way to get to my point here. My question is, we, we've talked about in here how, like, in some ways, that's a really amazing thing because mm-hmm. everyone has a voice. And, sure. and, and we no longer have to worry about the great artists out there not getting to create art because they can't afford to. Mm-hmm. That's sort of a thing of the past. Right. But at the same time, there are people who argue, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying personally one way or the other, but there are people who argue that that also means, like, a culture of mediocrity mm-hmm. where you get, well, if everyone has a voice, that means that you get a lot of not compelling stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Either way, what are the negatives? What are the positives? Well, I think the positive is obviously that your voice can be heard. Now, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you're always going to have the, the stuff that probably shouldn't have been made, and you're <laughs> going to have the stuff that, well, okay, it was made, but mm, I don't know that it should necessarily be seen by the masses. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think... I think it's a great thing to have everybody's voice out there and you know the the my great hope is that the public won't accept mediocrity that they'll force the filmmaker or the artist to kind of rise Mm -hmm. above and really learn so that what they create becomes not necessarily what the public wants because that's not always the right thing Mm -hmm. in fact very rarely do I find that that's the right thing but they are making something that is high quality and worthy of a large audience Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where I stand on that. I'm, right. I'm okay with, you know, having people start off making these terrible, terrible movies oh, that, well. you know, Good, definitely have a way to go. <laughs> I mean... Because yeah. there's no, you know, your garage band doesn't sound good. Absolutely, you know, right, every, right, you know, everybody right. started in a garage playing, you know, three riffs and had dare, 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 come here, and you <laughs> yeah, hope right, that, right, right. you know, as they grow and as they learn, that they really rise above right. and grow into what they can become. True. Now I will say that, and I'm speaking purely as an audience member here. Um, I've seen short films mm-hmm. that were technically horrible 
that were <laughs> awfully put together mm -hmm. in a way they don't sound good they don't look good they mm -hmm. might even be acted good but they're made by people who are passionate about what they're doing mm -hmm. and are trying to yeah. get to a place that they believe in sure. and I personally enjoy those more than like let's say the Platinum Dunes Friday the 13th movie mm -hmm. you know yeah. that is that is this soulless uh, husk of a movie that mm -hmm. is, is little more than a document that a group of people showed up and filmed something. Sure. You know what I mean? And like now at the same time there are people who, who are making those sort of like really crappily put together movies and they're doing it the same way that Platinum Dunes is. They're making a soulless thing but it's like the way that like I, I keep talking about when you're a kid um, Ed Catmull from Pixar talks about how he went to his little, his kids I've probably talked about, I'm sure I've talked about this on here before <laughs> Uh, an art exhibition at his child's elementary school, and he talked about how interesting and compelling all the art made by the like kindergarten class was. And mm -hmm. it was vibrant, and it was sort of like weird and undefinable, but it was interesting, mm -hmm. and you could see what was good about it. And then you get to the kids that get a little bit older, and it starts to really suck, mm -hmm. because they hit that social point where they're right. trying to make what they think people want to see, mm -hmm. and they're, they're filling in blanks, and, and sort of like, I, I, for me, I think that's more damaging mm -hmm. to be doing something because you think you're supposed to. Like, I'm pretty sure this is what a movie looks like. You know, I'm pretty right. sure this is how this is how you make a movie because I'm in this sort of social bubble that tells me that. Mm -hmm. Versus a movie that is maybe sort of wildly off the tracks and there's horrible noise and it's the sound is awful, but it's obvious that whoever made this thing is head over heels in love with movies. Mm -hmm. And um, that doesn't always mean you have good final product. Right. Sometimes that means you have M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. Mm -hmm. I, that guy's in love with the movies. Yeah. That guy's totally oh, yeah. in love with what he's doing. He's making red hot garbage, yeah. but he's in love. Um, so, and there are worse, so I'm going to pick on M. Knight because I feel like he can take it. And I'm also, not, he's, I'm also like a, a lone voice in a sea, but, um, you know, I would compare something like that to something where it, like, you know, you're just like, well, he is being indulgent. He, he is doing what he wants to do, mm -hmm. but ultimately it's, it's flawed greatly. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's, I'm sure there's people out there who are in love with the happening anyway, uh, to give poor M. Knight a break. Um, let's talk about the actual film festival is happening yeah. this weekend. Um, so what are some sort of key sort of aspects of Underexposed that you're particularly proud of? Oh, absolutely. This year, um, you know, last year we kind of grew and we were starting to find our voice. And this year we felt like we needed to kind of make an impact, not just on the Rock Hill area, but on just make a statement about filmmaking filmmaking in general and something that Karen and I noticed and it probably wasn't just because it was being pointed out to us by other film festivals was that women really are underrepresented or underrepresented in the filmmaking genre and it's not that they're not getting leads because some of them are getting leads they really don't they don't tend to be main characters in a lot of films but they're definitely not represented on the directing side on the on the back side of the camera you just don't mm -hmm. see women last summer there was one film that was produced or that was directed by a woman and to be quite frank that woman started out life as a man wow so and that's major hollywood motion pictures that's not independent filmmaking was it the wachowski brothers was it was it, oh, it was, was lana oh, okay, yeah okay, okay. so the wachowskis the Wach yes so um karen and i really focused our t attention upon independent filmmakers that were either writing for women, writing by women, or directed by women. The film doesn't necessarily have a female kind of leaning or a feminist leaning. It just shows that mm -hmm. women have a voice in filmmaking and Absolutely. they are very powerful and mm -hmm. that what they have to show and what they have to create is just as important as what anybody else is putting out there. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think that the future of uh, cre- you know, of narrative in general is seeing more and more of that. And it's it typically up to now, um, it has been sort of like we have many, many times overseen the plight of the suburban white male yeah. on, in film, you know, and here I am, the suburban white male talking <laughs> and that I make movies, you know, and, and I can't help that. But um, it always, I mean, who doesn't like to go to the movies and uh, see something that they they genuinely feel like is a, a refreshing new thing? It's not the exact same thing they've seen a million times. Not telling them the exact same information they've been told a million times, you know. Um, and that's what I think inevitably things like supporting you know female-made movies or uh, different you know ethnic background sort of like uh, stories and just there there is more to life than getting bitten by a radioactive spider oh absolutely (laughs) (laughs) and it is the job of narrative to sort out life for us yeah the other thing is there's more to life on the female side than your trashy rom-com right right, you know we don't all need to every time we go into the movies see you know girl falls in love boy isn't interested girl pursues boy boy falls in love they live happily ever after or you Mm -hmm. assume so because the credits then roll Mm -hmm. um so we are really seeing films i mean we have one called immersed where it's animated made by a female it was juried entry actually and it is honestly a look at um the decay of nature mm-hmm. and oh, wow. it's it's gorgeous female made not a rom-com strong voice i mean that's really what we were looking for mm-hmm. this year that's awesome. um and we by chance got it on both sides juried and director's choice that's wonderful yeah that's great news yeah, yeah. I should be clear here when I knock movies about radioactive spiders. I, once again, like you know, I wish I was making movies about radioactive spiders, but you can't change your stars. I am, I am in the fray. I am the the suburban white male, but um, I think it is it is very exciting to think about the sort of fresh perspectives and and push and pushing people. Because I would wager to say the only reason that I do what I do and I pursue the thing that I pursue in my existence is because of people like Steven Spielberg and George Lucas and, and John Landis and, and guys that said, you know, here's, here's what I do, here's my experiences, here's how I feel, mm-hmm. um, and I related to them. Mm-hmm. And it pushed me, it pushed me to do these things because I saw something that I identified and that sort of lifted me up out of the everyday minutia of being a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but if you are a female, if you, are, if you don't look and feel like the people on screen, it's a lot harder to get there. Right. And there are many uh, filmmakers who have done it, you know? Mm-hmm. It is unfortunate that you, when you start talking about like powerful female filmmakers, you, you sort of like don't even get to the fingers on one hand before you run out of names. Um, and the same thing with like sort of a different, you know, culturally diverse filmmakers. You, mm-hmm. It's a handful of names. Yeah. And like I said, those are people that sort of overcame that basic culture that's telling, that's catering to people like me. Um, and so it's wonderful to think about the kids growing up that are going to see things that, that as the culture changes or that are, I don't know, some teenage girls watching uh, girls on HBO, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to me watching Clerks when I was a kid. Sure. And, w- and, and whereas that teenage girl could be watching something like Clerks and being like, well, that's funny, but it doesn't push her to make movies. Like right. Clerks pushed me to make movies. Sure. Um, so it is very exciting. And, and, and additionally, with the way that that great democracy, that anyone can pick up a camera and say something, um, it is very exciting about where things are going. And, and I don't think that I personally, to get a little off track, I don't think that any of this is, it's not the death of Hollywood. It's not the, any more than Kurt Cobain was the death of uh, rap music. I mean, right. it, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, it's just there's a new voice in the crowd. There's mm-hmm. a new option, you know, especially with, with the way things are now. You know, it's funny because 
I feel like we, we struggle to maintain a mainstream now. Because mm -hmm. um, when I was growing up, if you heard a cool band, if you saw a weird artsy movie, it was because you had a cool older sibling mm -hmm. or your older sibling dating, dating someone that showed you this cool band. Yeah. It's not like that anymore. Yeah. Everyone has access to everything. Mm -hmm. It's ch completely changing our culture. And the mainstream gets, it gets to where they now when I hear people say something that they think is like, oh, you don't know what that is or, or like, oh no, this is normal. Like normal is so liquid now and so mixed up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Because you just, like I said, everyone has access to everything. And now, additionally, everyone can contribute. Like I said, that the way that growing up, for me, some magical part. I didn't even know, you know, as much as Spielberg shaped my mind, I don't even think I really knew who Spielberg was until I was like 12 or 11. I was like, I remember I had a homeroom class and it was a Time Magazine with an interview with him. And I had no clue this, a human made these things that I loved, <laughs> you know? I didn't even know who he was. Um, I don't think it's like that now. I think for your kid, my nephew loves superhero movies, mm -hmm. so he has an iPad that he makes superhero movies on mm -hmm. at home, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, Jason, who's not here to vouch for, his son does the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that, and when my nephew goes to school, he's probably like five friends that do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I knew no one that yeah. even thought about doing that when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I think the next sort of 30, 40 years of music and movies in general, we're gonna see some very exciting stuff. Absolutely, absolutely, and I love that kind of the Underexposed Film Festival is going to be on the forefront of bringing that to our area, uh, that we continue to bring these new filmmakers in and that we have these new filmmakers seeking us out, that they want their films shown here, that they believe that our audience, their perspective is really worth having their film be shown in front of them. I mean, I think that's huge. It's such a great opportunity huge. that you guys are providing. It's Thanks. so cool and it's so perfect for where Rock Hill is and where it's heading. Mm -hmm. I think that in the years to come, and like I said, I mean, oh gosh, in terms of a first year effort for a film festival, amazing job, amazing job. But last year, just particularly, I was just so thoroughly entertained. I just repeatedly was watching movies that I was leaving and telling people about and yeah. stuff that I hadn't seen. And you guys have, looking through the, well, I don't know if I, can I, can I brag? Yeah, I look at the program? Go okay. For it. So looking at the program for, for this year, I saw like a couple of short films that I'd seen online or whatever, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I'm getting out, even as someone who follows this stuff mm -hmm. and is on top of it and constantly looking at Vimeo, I'm seeing all these things that I've never heard of. Yeah. And I'm sure like looking at this are awesome because last year there were so many awesome movies that, Anil, did you view any movies last year? Because we're <laughs> uh, I've been an audience member. It's, it's been fun. Um, no, actually, I didn't make it last year. I, I was on a random freelance job out of town. But yeah, I definitely plan on going to as many blocks as I can this year. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess, is there anything we've missed that you wanted to touch on? I don't think so. I mean, you know, we're excited to be in our third year and to have three days of what I think is some of the best filmmaking around. Awesome. Um, we're going to have filmmakers in town for many of the blocks. Last year we had them in for most of the blocks. This mm -hmm. year a little bit less in attendance, but still some great filmmakers coming to town. We expect our local filmmakers to come out as well. We'd love to hear their voice on stage during the Q&A. Cool, yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm just looking forward to, to the audience's reaction, honestly, because I'm really proud, and I, I know Karen's very proud mm -hmm. of what is coming to our screen this year. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's, I think it's a great opportunity for the viewer 
um, to discover all this great cinema that's being made, you know, elsewhere in the world, and and in, also in their region or just by whoever. Mm -hmm. um, and it is a fantastic opportunity for people who make movies at this level, these jury competition kind of stuff. I know, like, like I said, as someone who's this is, I was born here. Um, it's so amazing that you guys brought this here. Like, it blows my mind that this is even here. It's such a wonderful opportunity, and I hope that. I hope anybody that's out there that isn't and should be taking advantage of what this is. This is an incredible opportunity in a town like this. Um, this place is very, very, very blessed to have these people putting this together. Um, and I hope that it just, because of that, I hope it just continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger and you guys just get, because I know you're doing a fantastic job of getting better and better and better. Mm -hmm. So I hope that the attendance just completely grows and, and blows up and thank you so much for being on the show thank you for having me i have to say it is our goal to expand well outside the walls of the community performance center we know a that that building isn't here forever it's coming down with the expansion of knowledge park but then we hope to have a screen in the new performing arts center but we honestly want it in smaller venues in non-traditional venues we mm -hmm. want to take it even to regal to have it screen on big screens we don't want it to just be in one location in town we want the whole town to really kind of come together to embrace this and to be able to kind of go around to different places to see it. We'd also like to have it grow to have panel forums, more question and answer sessions, and even workshops. We really mm. do want this to become oh, a true large festival that um, just brings the spotlight down to Rock Hill and the Rock Hill filmmakers and what everybody's doing here to make this a great place. Please, please do that. That yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah, <laughs> please push that kind of stuff in this town. I yeah. think there's a lot of stories to be told around here, then that is wonderful. So thank you very much for being on the yeah, show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Any closing thank words? You. Any closing words? That, that was awesome. I listened a lot. I said very little, but I was entertained. <laughs> well, we appreciate you listening to Old Town New World. We'll see you next time.